Some are already saying that Scott Drew's Bears are back. Are some right? This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody, and MLK Day this is locked on Baylor. I just told you that. So did the lady, but I'll tell you again. I'm Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. The guy to my right and or left, depending on how you're watching this, who has a crooked hat is Cameron Stewart, who's also from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears, and we wore the same thing today. Take it off. Take it off. Take it off. I'm not wearing anything under it. Uh, thank you. <laughs> All the more enticing. <laughs> Your first listen every single day. I told you, Cam, it looks like you lost weight. I think you were just saying that. <laughs> I've actually gained some weight in my Ooh, horrific nine-year-old diet of gosh. just processed food that I can stick in the oven for 10 minutes at 400 degrees. That's all I Dino eat, nuggies, man. mac and cheese. A lot of nuggies. dino nuggets, some pizza rolls today, actually, which I haven't done in a while. Yeah. Um, grilled speaking cheese. Wild, cheese. speaking of pizza rolls, uh, the Baylor Bears are on a roll um, in men's basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day, by the way. You and everybody else listening. Uh, Baylor, ba- okay, Baylor basketball has now won two straight games in the Big 12 after yeah. losing to Kansas State, TCU, and the other team they lost to, who I forget. Iowa State. Iowa State. That was a terrible Top game. I'm glad I, glad I forgot it. Uh, the two games, though, have been against Oklahoma State and West Virginia, two of the worst teams in a very good Big 12. Is, is it an overreaction to get excited about Baylor's – somebody called it in the postgame press conference a streak. Is it exciting? It's a winning streak. It's officially a winning streak. You get excited streak. about Baylor's, quote, streak. Is it bad to get excited? Overreaction? No. No. I mean, you got to start somewhere, man. When you're 0-3 in the conference, you got to be taking wins wherever you can get them. And, uh, yeah, I think West Virginia was like a slugfest. It was no fun to watch. And I don't think we learned a ton from that game other than Baylor had some cojones that they got back. But, I mean, Saturday was a rout. A rout. And yeah. The 16-point final score margin actually flatters Oklahoma State quite a bit. A lot. Um, so, yes, you can get excited about that. I'm not ready to sharpie them back into the final four, but absolutely that looked like uh, not only a team that's the top half. I mean, it looked like a tournament team, looked like a top half of the best conference in America team. Top half, top half of the Big 12 is like still in the rankings. So that's what they looked like yesterday. They looked like a top 25 team. Yeah, top five in the Big 12 is top three in any other conference. I think that's yes. I think that's pretty squarely true. I would go there. I would. And yeah. back it up. That uh, wins the th- Pac-12 by like a couple of games. Yeah. You probably may go undefeated in the Pac-12. Now <laughs> seeing how bad Arizona has gotten. And inconsistent, I should say. Not bad for Arizona. The, the game against Oklahoma State, albeit not close, what I found interesting were the comments from Oklahoma State players post-game. So I'll... I'll there weren't uh, many, have been. No, not at all. I've been saying this one phrase recently, and it, it's my new pet peeve, is the amount of times that I say that I'm going to peel back the curtain because I'm really not peeling back any curtains. I'm just kind of telling you what's happening. Post-game press conference, Oklahoma State. We're sitting there, and there are two members of Oklahoma State media, probably. Would you say two, three tops? Two, three, yeah. Yeah. 
uh, they were really getting their questions in. I've never heard an opposing coach's press conference go that long, but they refused to ask the two players at the podium questions. It was just from Mike Bolton for the first it was eight minutes, and the two guys were just sitting there staring at all of us. So finally, yours truly said, for the players here, I just w- I wanted to toss these guys a bone. Was it the Baylor defense, or did you guys just miss shots? And impeccably, they both said effectively the same thing. We just missed shots. The Baylor defense never really pressed us. And Cam, there were there were still times in this game where I looked at you and said, this defense looks awful. How is Oklahoma State not scoring? I thought it actually looked a lot better than it has um, in the conference schedule. I mean, I'm not surprised the Oklahoma State players said that, but uh, they also miss a lot of shots very often. They were going into this game and still – uh, the worst team in the conference in points per game, field goals made, and assists, and they were ninth in three-point shooting, which they are still ninth. Uh, shout out to TCU. Uh, Somehow. Still, Oklahoma Somehow. State is still ninth in three-point shooting after a horrific day. Um, I thought I thought the Baylor defense looked better, especially on the inside. I wrote all about it uh, for Inside the Bears, talking about Flo Thamba. I thought he was excellent on Saturday. Um and Baylor did kind of switch from they did man to man for like the first eight or ten minutes of the game, and then just hard switch after the timeout went totally zone and forced Oklahoma State to to shoot from the outside, which is not obviously something they don't they don't want to do, and, and they don't have they didn't have Cisse in there, um, so it was a different kind of game plan for Oklahoma State. So I thought the defense actually played well. Is it the best that? you know, we could expect from this group considering what we've seen from them in the past and and the talent that they have out there. Probably not, but I I can't knock them for holding a team in the 50s uh, in a conference game. Can't do it, Drake. I can't. You might. I can't. Yeah. I felt like Boynton, to a a degree, said some of the same. You know, like, hey, I I really didn't think our team played that poorly defensively. Uh, Offensively, we just got got to be more confident. Yeah, he He said it was the worst they had played offensively. Yeah, he didn't praise offense. the Baylor defense. Nobody praised Baylor here. So I, I was waiting for Oklahoma State, Mike Boynton, to be like, yeah, Baylor's just that, they're just that good of a basketball team. Uh, no, not really. We didn't get that. And <laughs> I I mean, yeah, the stat book kind of reflects it. Oklahoma State was seven for 33 from deep. And it, almost every time they would shoot the ball from deep or even pump fake from deep, just whew. There goes a Baylor defender right by a guy, right by a guy. There were open shots across the game for OSU. Just seven for 33 is not going to get it done. Yeah, I did think that the jumping, which we talked about during the game, was a bit of a concern um, because their perimeter defense going into the season was supposed to be spectacular. Um, They brought a lot of the personnel back, and it was really good last year, and it really hasn't been that great this year. And, um, yeah, just a lot. I think think some of it was just being – very hyped up for this game. You know, after you start 0-3 in the conference, you're playing at home. You don't want to go 0-3 at home in the Big 12. You, you see a beleaguered team out there that has lost two in a row, that doesn't score the basketball very well, and you're just itching to get out there, and you, and you want to, you know, wipe clean those yeah. five or six games um, where you didn't play good defense at all and try and do it out in one game. And so I think there was some of that little jittery, but yes, a, a more experienced team and Iowa State even, but also at Texas Tech, 
um, who's not a very great team, could do that to you. Uh, obviously, a Kansas and a Texas will do that to you, where they're going to get to the free throw line a lot. Um, and uh, that's the, the first order of business is Tuesday. That, that's probably going to be a saving grace for Texas Tech, the way they're playing offensively. Um, so, yeah, that was a little concerning. But I think overall, uh, that was they put together a near flawless game, especially against the competition they played against, I think. Great Seven from the free for- throw line. Shot pretty well. Got to the rim a lot more offensively. Scott Drew talked about that last week. He said, yeah, we're, we are going on these five or six minute droughts because we're shooting threes all the time. And that's just going to happen. It's just going to get streaky. You need to have some sort of element where you're getting into the paint, getting into the rim, and getting to the rim. And they did that against West Virginia, and they did it again against Oklahoma State on Saturday. Weirdly enough, results in two victories. What, what can you say? I can say uh, that one of the most interesting things in the world ties into the stats, the box score of this game. Something that struck me almost immediately, but what struck me even harder was LinkedIn Talent Solutions. LinkedIn Talent Solutions is the spot to go. The spot to go when you want to make a new hire for your company, your organization, anything. You need an intern? I don't know. LinkedIn Talent Solutions is the best place to go. Like it's 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 not just cuz it's not just cuz we say that. It's cuz that's what it's rated by small businesses. Literally number 1. Millions of people use this thing. Millions of people. Like when someone says, "How are you going to find a job?" The the next response is not, "Oh, I'm going to call like the job committee of getting people jobs." It's I'm going to go to LinkedIn and find a way to get a new job via LinkedIn. And you can get someone via LinkedIn to your job at linkedin.com forward slash locked on college, 875 million members. That's almost a billion people that use LinkedIn. So why would you not post your job for free there? Again, number one in delivering quality hires compared to its competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Keep in mind that keep in minds. If you only have one, keep in mind, terms and conditions do apply. Cam, seven for 33. Seven for 33. Oh, whoa. That's interesting, Drake. For Oklahoma State from three seven in Saturday's for 33. game. You know what I think of when I think of those numbers? Um, you fan, are you a fan of the game of basketball in general, like Curtis Blow is? He's a big fan of the game of basketball. Basketball is I my am, favorite sport. I am too. I, 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 I like... What's your favorite aspect of the I game? I like Magic Bird and Bernard King, but one of those way more than the other two. Um, one that wore number 33 for the Boston Celtics and number seven for the United States of America. And I'm really only bringing that up because I have next to me something that just came in. I can't wait. Can't wait. For those of you on YouTube. Oh my God. How awesome is this? Can you, wow. can you see that? That's a number that, 33 jersey. That to me looks like a signed Larry a Bird signature. jersey. It is. It is. Wow. <laughs> how did you, <laughs> how awesome did you get that? that? You ran into him at the grocery store. I yeah, mean, he was and I was just wearing or... the wearing the jersey, man. It's crazy. He was at the HEB, not the Valley Mills HEB. He was down on 19th because, um, you know, he likes to avoid the crowds a little bit. And right. so I, I so happened to be wearing the jersey. How crazy right. is that? Seven for 33 is not good. Shooting threes, oh, by the way. I just had to get uh, that out there. I'm so excited about it. He, Larry Bird, was good <laughs> shooting threes. He so. never shot seven of 33 from three, I tell you what. No, big difference. Big difference. (laughs) 33 for Oklahoma State, Marcus Smart, current Boston Celtic. Go ahead. That was that one was for Brandon McKinnon. 
could have used Larry Bird in their 74-58 loss to Baylor. Now the outlook for the Bears. I have good news. I have good news. So first three losses in conference play, you go 0-3, and and you win a couple straight at West Virginia against Oklahoma State. You then have two of the other easiest teams in this conference on the docket right here with Texas Tech, granted it's on the road, and then Oklahoma. Texas Tech, they are a basketball team under Mark Adams and still a tournament caliber basketball team. They're not they're not winning as well as you might expect a Texas Tech basketball team to do right now. I think this team doesn't scare me near as much as the Tech team last year in Lubbock did. Yeah, I mean that team was a force, man. I mean both Texas Tech and Oklahoma have just really struggled to close out games. Um, not that Baylor's been terrific in that standpoint either. I mean, they lost two games by combined three points last week and kind of totally fell apart against Iowa State as well. Um, but it, it's similar to Oklahoma State in that you're like, where is the scoring coming from? Mm. You know, and you did kind of wonder with that last year with Texas Tech, but they were such, they were so suffocating defensively that you, you chalked it up as an L most of the time, especially playing in Lubbock. That is, that is their biggest weapon in this game Tuesday night. Texas Tech is Lubbock and the United Supermarkets Arena. Great name. Um, because they, they are really struggling to find their footing right now. Uh, you see it on Twitter and on the message boards. The fans are befuddled, much like we as Baylor fans were um, before this winning streak. Um, it's a streak. And I, I, I just I don't, I don't know where the offense is coming from. Um, Baylor still has some things to work on defensively. And if, if I know this is a basic, not great analysis here, but if Baylor's shooting well on Tuesday night, they could win that game pretty comfortably because yeah. it's similar to what they did against Oklahoma state. They go up 13 to nothing and your game plan, whatever you had kind of goes out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to be a similar thing if they do it against uh, Texas Tech as well. If you're hot early on and you're making shots and they have to adjust how they play defensively and it, it, it gets that much more onus on them on the offensive end, you've really put them in a hole. You've really made them uncomfortable. Uh, it's kind of like a football team that can't pass the ball, right? If they're playing from behind, it becomes all that much more tougher. Um, like Air Force. Same, yes, I wouldn't know what it's like for them to play from behind. I haven't seen that. Uh, but for tech, for tech, I mean, they're just they're just struggling a lot offensively. Three point shooting and two point shooting, and maybe one point shooting. I'm not sure. But Baylor can really not not necessarily uh, win this game in the first ten minutes, but they can come pretty close yeah. to it. Texas Tech, Texas Tech is on a streak of their own. With five five straight losses, one of six, three, five, and two points, and yeah, then one of thirty four points at Iowa State because that's apparently just what happens in Ames when you play basketball. Now, uh, this is makes me feel worst, better. I tell you that much. This is the worst team in the Big Twelve per Ken Palm and Net and Hasla and everything else. This is the worst team in the Big Twelve. The they're only, very similar to West Virginia. Yeah, Very that, well, there's still like 20 spots below in net West Virginia. I don't that, know. That, that, I just, did see that. That surprises me. Just this from is like the, the one team. One, this is team squarely out of the of the NCAA tournament right now. Uh, the again, you you put the nail on the head there. The one thing that would win 
Texas Tech this game, and the reason that I will like as a sports wagerer stay off of it is it's in Lubbock. And yeah, and it's it's all those things, right? It's it's Lubbock. It's they're desperate, and you. I mean, they're not a tournament team right now. A win over Baylor that is a huge, huge help because I think I think Baylor is going to get hot here, and they are going to be a ranked team come tournament time. I genuinely yeah. think that. So looking back on that from the eyes of March, that's going to look like a terrific victory, even though Baylor still, you know, hasn't quite found their mojo yet. So all of uh, those things are going for Tech. Um, as a you know, as a Baylor fan, you're like, well, all the basketball stuff kind of goes our way, but all of that other schmaltzy sports fan stuff, sports wager stuff, goes the way of Tech. For sure. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's in Lubbock. They lost to Oklahoma in Lubbock, but it was a close game, at least. Yes. Oklahoma's also not very good. So I, there are a lot of things that bode well for Baylor. I'm still leery this game, wary of this game because it's in Lubbock. Who's Baylor's leading leading uh, scorer right now, if you had to guess? <laughs> uh, why did you put me on the spot right now? There are three I guys. Still, I, I, I think I know probably the three. Keontae has been great recently, although only scored eight on Saturday. I'm going to say Flagler's still the leading scorer. Keontae George has overtaken him. As oh, the leading damn. You made me overthink it. 17.2 points. Who's the leader in assist? Because George had eight of those against uh, against whoever. I'm going to roll with Keontae. Adam Flagler. Oh, Adam Flagler leads the team in assists. Who leads the team in rebounds? Zach Love Day. It's a better guess than probably what I would would have given. <laughs> no, actually, I, at, at the risk of making myself embarrassing myself even more on this podcast, I'm going to say Keontae George. It's it's insane. It's Jalen Bridges. I was going to say Jalen Bridges. Jaylen Bridges. Damn it! I knew it wasn't Flo and. Keontae's just had some really great rebounding games the last couple games, so I was like, maybe he overtook him. Yes, Bridges How is, is grabbing it not the boards, Flo man. Thamba? How well, is it point, not Flo Thamba? I pointed out a little bit in my story on Flo Thamba. First and foremost, he didn't play. I, he didn't play good defense most of this season. He hasn't, and this is something that I just kind of saw being at the game Saturday, especially with when the zone came out and they were forcing threes. He was just bodying guys out of the lane. That yeah. Like he w- he was getting better position on him, so he almost gets an assist to the rebound. Like he's keeping his guys away, and and Bridges was winning those one on one battles, and they were longer rebounds. That's why uh, Keontae George had eight of them. Um, so I think that, that's that's a little bit why. But also, Flo did not have a great season defensively going up until the last couple of games. True. Um, and Bridges, I mean Bridges is down there. He's six eight, six nine. Big dude, he shoots a lot of threes, though. I say a Skinny, lot, but more than I expected him to shoot, at least. Yeah, Caleb more than Loner, Mark Vidal shot. Caleb Loner led the team in threes or in rebounds for a little bit there. Um, he has shot less threes now. Bridges is still firing it away, though. He's made a few, made a few. He's looking a little TCU more confident. Game, right? Looking, yeah, back. Mike Boynton, confidence. I am there was confident. An awesome, awesome play that they drew up for him. 
by the way, before you get into that segue, I wanted to point it out. It was an under, underneath Oklahoma State's basket. It was in the first half. They ran like a backdoor screen for Keontae to get open, and it was walled off. It was defended pretty well. And the first screensetter was Bridges up at the top of the key, and he rolled back beyond the three-point line. No one went with him because they were too focused on Keontae, and they threw it out. A relatively easy pass. He just lofted out there, wide open straightaway three. Bang. Uh, he kind of got some confidence, got to see the ball go through the bucket. So wanted to point that out. It was an awesome play. I was like titillated in my chair watching that. 13 nothing. That was awesome. Great that was. That did game. make it 13. Yeah. 17-15 was not the best start, but then Baylor was up a lot from there. Hey, Scott, Drew, what do you think about Baylor being up by so much? Wait, whoa, whoa. Before we get there, I've got to tell you about betonline.net. 13. Had you gone on to betonline.net and, and bet, I think Baylor, I think Oklahoma State will not score for the first four minutes and 30 seconds of this game, you would have lost money. I think it was like four minutes and 20 seconds. But, boy, you'd have been real close. Um, and, and if you go there and you find the right stuff, the right the right parlays, the right teasers, the right uh, – what is it called when there's a, play, a prop, a player prop in the NFL, in the NBA, in college basketball, all of that. The Dallas Cowboys game tonight, which I will be glued to. I also have sing practice. You know what sing practice is. We'll see how good I am, but I will be glued – Enough because I have some wagers on the Dallas Cowboys at betonline.net. All of that and more. They have podcasts. They have you name it. They probably got it. It's Santa Claus um, loves betonline.net. Scott Drew, what do you think about that win on Saturday? Well, I, I can tell you that uh, uh, the light's going out. Um, coaches don't know what to say for a third time, all right? We're good for two, you know, before the game and halftime. But the third one, uh, really credit the guys for coming out and uh, finishing the game and uh, not letting uh, Oklahoma State make a run after uh, the citywide uh, power outage. So it was citywide, uh, one just a Farrell Center thing, and appreciate everyone working to get the lights back on. And uh, we haven't had a complete game uh, like this. Uh, yet in conference, so it's great that we were able to really um, defensively rebounding and taking care of the basketball do uh, uh, those three things at a high level. And then uh, a very balanced scoring attack and uh, any win like this in the Big 12, uh, it's a blessing. So uh, uh, got to thank God for every win, and these are extra. Scott, you've been kind of hammering better defense to your team. What happened? Well, I think uh, um, gradually uh, uh, our staff uh, has done a really good job, our upperclassmen done a really good job of buying in and trying to improve and make things more difficult. And um, bit by bit, we're getting there. Uh, this league's so good, you can improve and, and not show in the win-loss column. Um, but we we are we are doing the things required to give us a better chance to win now. Well, that's always uh, uh, something that um, we we pride ourselves in, and so does every team in the Big 12. And uh, it's a man's league, so you got to bring it if you're going to uh, survive and win on the glass. And uh, they got us on second chance points, but uh, uh, the effort was there for us. You had to see a really good game like that uh, by LJ mm -hmm. and also Keontae. Getting got all those yeah, I thought I thought Keontae really showed, uh, uh, and this this would be. Uh, um, Coaches really appreciate this. Uh, young players, they have a great game. Normally they come out, 
and if they're not getting shots or they're not scoring, they try to force things. And he really let the game come to him. He rebounded. He defended. He had five assists, zero turnovers. And because of that, he has a, a, a plus 26. And that's really impressive because every night you're not going to score 32. And when defense is key on you, you, you now are getting other people opportunities to score and be successful. And I thought Keontae really did a great job with that. Scott, kind of in that same vein, even when he's not pouring in 32, it looks like the offense just flows better when he's on the court. What does he give you uh, when he's out there? Well, he gives you somebody that uh, uh, can really pass. Um, I, I know there's an adjustment turnover-wise, and he's getting better at that. But his ability to make ball screen reads, his ability to find open people, hit the bigs. Um, uh, we talk about three-level scorers, but um, he, he's a three-level passer. I mean, he hit any pass on the court, so that's great too. Scott, about the 14-minute mark, you guys are up 14. You sub four new guys in, and they went on that big, long run. Where was the, the disconnect with that second group? Well, I think uh, uh, we didn't. We, we went ahead and changed that in the next time, and we didn't try to sub three or four guys in. It's, it's really tough in the beginning of the game because you go on a run, and you want to keep that run going. And then once the run ends, you got everybody tired at the same time. And it's really hard coming in with four guys because you're not in a field. So, I mean, uh, in hindsight, I should have done a better job subbing a little bit quicker so we wouldn't have just thrown four guys in. So uh, a lot of times we learn as everyone learns because in practice uh, you don't really simulate those things, you know, because you're uh, a lot of times playing best on best. And uh, this time of year you don't practice a, a, a lot of stuff in game. And um, our team's We'll continue to evolve, continue to hopefully uh, get better at finding rotations at work. And we're blessed to have multiple guys that can come in. And uh, the bench has done a great job in practice preparing us. And because of that, um, we've, been, we've been successful. Yeah, and, and, and you know, some, some games you look and in the box score, starting five might be close to even in the benches. Plus eight, plus ten. I mean, we've had we've had games like that. So uh, every game's different. Um, you always want to have more options than less options. Uh, as the year goes on, you you tend to tighten your rotations more. Teams go from playing maybe ten or eleven in the beginning of the year to eight or seven, um, six. Uh, you can look across all the box scores. And um, with us, we've been we've been really blessed uh, the last couple of years to have a starting rotation where we've had uh, so many great players coming off the bench that. We we really won when we got to the other team's bench, and um, so we'll keep we'll keep mixing, matching, finding ways to be successful because every team's different. Scott, did you feel like defense maybe forced them to take all those three pointers? Seven for thirty-three. Out I, th I thought the defense was very good. At the same time, um, when you watch film. Uh, I know there's some shots they miss that normally they, they, they make, and same thing with us. I mean, if we shoot seven for 33, I know there's going to be some in there where, like, normally we make those, you know. So uh, uh, one thing in coaching, the only thing you control is the quality of the shot. You can't control if it goes in. See you before you go to Lubbock. So, what do you expect from a Mark Adams team? Well, I'm hoping their game right now goes to five overtimes and <laughs> uh, or six. Um, but uh, I mean, everyone knows uh, uh, how good they are defensively. Everyone knows how crazy the atmosphere is down there. Um, and you got to. It's hard to win on the road, and we're going to have to really uh, be focused, prepared. Um, they have a lot of newer guys as as we do, and um, you have a higher ceiling, but it, 
uh, sometimes it's tough when you start out conference, and I think both of us face that at the same time. Scott, you've talked a lot about flow and his free throw struggles, and then six for six tonight. How good was that from your perspective? Um, yeah, I take that every night. So, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but he's he's worked hard, um, and he's been making them in practice. Um, so. We feel confident and comfortable because we see him making them in practice. He feels confident and comfortable because he put in the work. Uh, and those are big. Coach, going off a win streak, we talked about it yesterday, going from a losing streak to two back-to-back, what's going to be the key to keep that momentum going into the Well, I think it starts with the prep. And we had great prep coming into this game. And if you have a great prep, it gives you a chance to be successful. And um, so – Play on Tuesday. Hopefully uh, the guys get a good night's rest, get good food. Uh, staff does a good job making sure we're ready tomorrow to get them better and uh, improve and know what they got to do to get a win in Lubbock. Scott, you had talked about the first couple games, you just weren't winning in the paint. And a little bit more about Flo. What did he change? He looked great today in ball denial. What, what did he change to make you guys a better defensive paint team and offensive? And how important is that for y'all? I think uh, uh, – our, our ball screen defenses improve. Uh, some of that's credit to the big. Some of it's credit to the guards. Some of it's credit to the other three on the court um, being in correct rotations and positioning. Um, uh, but I, I can tell you that uh, uh, when when a big like Flo goes six for six from the free throw line, those are huge because if you if you have an easy and you get fouled and you go 0 for 2 or you miss a front end on 101, it's like you never got the ball into the paint. Uh, when you make them, uh, it, it's it, it's just a different feeling and it puts pressure on the defense. And um, that it, it, you can't be successful just with an outside attack. You have to have that inside. And uh, I thought uh, uh, we've done a good job getting the free throw line and our guards done a good job driving it and our bigs are getting better at uh, finishing and our guards are better at getting them where they need the ball. Oklahoma State had just two steals tonight. You happy with how your guards handled the ball? Most definitely. Um, Last year they came in here and and uh, uh, had a ton of steals against us and left Waco with the win. What was your message in that second second half time? I guess. Was oh. there any any specific message to him going back out? I think you were up twenty five. Yeah, we'll keep that one secret. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case the lights go out again. Right. <laughs> Scott, you said last week that uh, we would get better sleep than you after that second straight loss in conference. Are you going to get a better night's sleep than us tonight? Yeah, I think I will tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thanks, Thank Scott. you. Thank you, guys. That was Scott Drew. Thanks, Scott. Um, chipper, real chipper. Cam, that last question was you, right? It was. I do like yeah, that. that was good. That was good. He's going to sleep. He's probably slept pretty well. He probably I did. slept like 12 hours, so I would love to challenge him to see who slept better. How slept about both? that? Both me and my girlfriend slept for like 12 hours, and two hours later, she after waking up, she took a nap. So, You saying you want to sleep anyway. with Scott Drew? Uh, look, I'm sure he shares the bed well. In I'm terms of so. sleeping, Drake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Cam Stewart. I'm Drake Toll. Come back tomorrow. We're talking about football again because I, I love me some football, and Baylor can't be done on the transfer portal. They're they're they, we gotta we gotta get on the horse still. There's still horses to get on in the defensive on the defense side. Cam and I were talking. Name three guys in the Bayer, Baylor Baylor secondary. Name three of them. I'm not gonna say any. He's not gonna say any. I'm not gonna cheat. We you did name it, three guys. You can't we cheat, did. We, we did. did. And can you do it? But and the fact that it's even a question, prop 
actually applies to most years. It's the secondary, but also we need to load that up a little bit more. Uh, Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. Cameron Stewart from, I think, Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. This has been You nailed it, unbelievably. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Locked On Baylor.